Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a program providing help and information for our caregivers who are vital to the health and welfare of so many people in our community. You can hear Caregiver SOS On Air Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much. We're delighted to have you on board today for Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel is on special assignment down in the Valley, uh, Rio Grande Valley, that is, and we're delighted to have Peaches Hall pinch hitting for her. Peaches serves as director of the Doris Griffin Senior Center, the one stop over on uh, 410 at Ingram Mall, a great place for seniors, open Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., and it's a place where you and your friends and neighbors uh, and caregivers as well can get the kind of socialization and exercise you may need. Uh, we're going to take up a topic in, in just a moment here, Peaches, that uh, is near and dear to your heart. We're going to be talking about physical therapy, body strength, weakness, and falls. And we've got two very special guests who are joining us, Dr. Martha Costa and Dr. Catherine Ortega from the UT Health Science Center. Uh, they are both experts on the uh, challenges that uh, many folks, especially seniors, face uh, at the uh, uh, Doris Griffin Senior Center, where you spend a lot of your days, uh, you're familiar with the challenge seniors have uh, and the problems with balance. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we teach a class on, uh, it's called a matter of balance, and it's helping people that are concerned about falling. Um, maybe they haven't, fall, haven't fallen yet, but they feel like they're going to. Maybe they have fallen, and now they're really afraid, so they've changed their, their walk. They have more of a shuffle because that fear changes how you, how you walk when you you know, when you think you're going to fall. And you have a class coming up on November 10th. We do. And it's free. It's uh, an eight-week course. It's a two-hour every Tuesday. It teaches you some uh, exercises that you can use to increase that strength. It tells you how to go through your house, gives you a checklist on what we're looking for. Lots of different things, places that you might fall in the community that you never even think about. Uh, A year or so ago, uh, my wife and I were at the River Parade downtown, uh, with our little girl, and uh, after a while, it gets to be rather repetitive. <laughs> seen one float, you've seen them all. Pardon me for saying that with all due respect. Uh, and so we decided to leave, and a- as we're leaving, the sidewalk's entirely packed with people. So we got up over a little wall, and we're walking through the flora and fauna, the, <laughs> the landscaping, uh, down toward uh, where there was an exit up to the street. And as we reached that, and I stepped off that wall. Uh, it was pitch black. I didn't see exactly where the sidewalk was, and I fell, slipped, fell, knocked four chairs into the river. <gasps> Boom. And, of course, the first thing you do when, when you fall and you're in a place where people can see you is you jump up and say, hey, I'm okay. No problem. <laughs> I'm okay. And a whole bunch of folks who were sitting there said, hey, it's Ron Aaron. <laughs> Just what I needed, right? (laughs) But I was fine, knock wood. But falls can happen to anybody, anywhere, anytime. Absolutely. And as you lose strength in your legs, your body, that happens more. As your house is becoming more and more of a fall risk, it can happen again. We talked about just when you go to the market. The, the, the produce area has all those little sprayers, so sometimes the floor is wet. Uh, if somebody drops a blueberry on the floor, you can take a spill. Well, you heard a story about a blueberry fall. No. And blueberry, you know, if someone steps on blueberry, slips and falls, 
They can be hurt. Yes, yes, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. You think that that sounds like it's not possible, but it is. And so we we give people the tools and talk about exercises. Um, we're very big at the Doris Center about weight exercise, increasing those muscles that sometimes you're not bringing in the groceries that you brought in, cutting the grass, doing all those things that kept you stronger. So now what we do is we use machines to do that so that we can keep that strength up. We don't need to lose it. So when I go shopping and bring the groceries, and I'm actually weight training. You are. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Which I do. Yes, yeah. With help from my wife. Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, I started honking to let her know I'm almost home about two blocks from the house. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't count then. All right, oh. <laughs> so. I carry stuff in. Stuff, yeah, the beer works really good. <laughs> uh, I don't drink, so oh, I'm okay. Right. <laughs> water as, <laughs> yes, as we get ready uh, to listen to Dr. Acosta and Dr. Ortega, uh, who as physical therapists spend a lot of their time working with seniors mm-hmm. and others. They also mentioned that they're, uh, in the material that we have, that there are uh, risks that caregivers have. Absolutely. Can you imagine if you have somebody who is not ambulatory anymore, you're helping them transfer from a bed to a wheelchair, a wheelchair to a chair, that constant lifting. And if you're not doing it correctly, you're going to throw your back out. Wow. And to the restroom. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Moving them on and off a commode, has got to be tough. It is very difficult. It's very difficult. So, yeah, the caregiver needs to know how to correctly lift. The caregiver also needs to tell the person they're caring for, you need to help me. Don't let me do this all by myself because if I'm hurt, who's going to help? That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> put a little effort into this. <laughs> yeah, would you? <laughs> for the folks who come to the center uh, where there are uh, machines and treadmills. Mm-hmm. Uh, while treadmill looks pretty innocuous, I actually saw a guy the other day uh, who had broken his arm falling off a treadmill. Absolutely. Young guy in his 40s. It wasn't as if, you know, he's a 90-year-old having a problem with a treadmill. Mm-hmm. 40 years old. Fell off a treadmill. Yeah. We um, had a lady come in, said, uh, you know, I've used treadmill all my life. I don't need to take the orientation on it, and got eight stitches across her forehead. Eight stitches. Yeah, yeah. So all the machines are different. They change all the time. They're more and more modern, more and more computerized, which is great because it monitors you so well, but you need to learn your equipment. So, you know, you don't get on a motorcycle if, if you don't have a license. So we do an orientation and we give you a license to work the treadmill. Peaches also rides motorcycles. And you were saying to me, that tickled me, we were talking about helmets, how st- Stupid it is. People will ride a motorcycle without a helmet, which is legal in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even go from the house to the garage without a helmet. Absolutely. Got to wear the helmet. Always. And as you think about uh, the equipment that you have, whether it's treadmills, but there's other equipment that can be risky as well. I know there's equipment where you're moving weights around. Yes. And you know, the other thing with using the equipment is also proper attire. You can't get on a treadmill and a pair of flip-flops. You can't, you know, ride the recumbent bike with an open toe shoe. I mean, you could slice your foot, you can trip, you can do all kinds of things. So you have to wear the appropriate attire when you're working. Now, for those who don't know, a recumbent bike is a bike where you're actually leaning back, almost laying down in Mm -hmm. pedal. Mm-hmm. Which is it's a it's supposed to be great exercise. It is a great piece of machinery, but because it is machinery, you have to wear the appropriate tire. And just like if people want to walk on the treadmill, we ask them to wear something that it it will wick, will breathe. If you have something that's not releasing that, it's hard. You don't have the range of motion. It's uh, it, it all has to do with how you look. <laughs> and there's all kind of clothing if it, today that. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, dry fit that dries Absolutely out. Absolutely wicks. Wicks mm-hmm. your sweat away. Absolutely. 
Sweat's slippery. Yeah. If you've ever worked out in a pair of jeans, it's horrible. <laughs> it's just terrible. Giving new meaning to sticking to your crotch. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Uncomfortable. Very. Well, we're going to be talking uh, with a couple of experts from the UT Health Science Center, both our uh, professors in physical therapy. And they'll be talking about uh, issues that involve lots of what you do and see at the center. Uh, we mentioned Matter of Balance. You have a course coming up on November 10th, free and open to the public? Free and open. It's going to be the last one this year, so it's very important. And this is where families out there know if mom and dad are getting to the point where they are not, there is a possibility of a fall, encourage them. Because during the holidays, there's a lot going on. That's a good time for someone to fall encourage your loved one to take this course it's free it turns out when you talk about falling and i'm sure you teach that in matter of balance there there's a technique to how you get up yes there from is. a fall there is uh yeah and it, and it all depends on where you're falling and where you are in your level and we teach you how to get back up You'd think, you know, you know that from being a kid. My kids fall all the time and bounce right mm-hmm. up, right? Yeah. Well, we, we also... Because they're lower to the ground. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, an exercise class that I teach, and we call it the jewelry shopping test. So, like, if you're out and those pair of earrings you like are on the bottom shelf and you've bent down, and now you say, how do I get up? So can you pass the test of the jewelry exactly. shopping? Yeah. Well, so. what are some of the tricks uh, that uh, are involved in getting back up? Well, and it depends on everybody. But if if you have fallen and what we tell you to do is not to hop up right away. We want to make sure that you can assess yourself. But then there, when you finally do, we want you to roll over. When you roll over, you're going to get onto your knees and you're going to crawl until you get to a chair. And you're going to pull yourself up on that chair. If, you're, if your injury is not that bad, we can show you other ways to get up. We show you how to get up out of bed in the matter of balance because sometimes getting out of bed, you can twist your back or you can roll out of bed incorrectly. We show you how to do that. Getting your covers all t- tied out. You know, if you get all tussled up in your, your blankets, you can fall. You know, my little girl sleeps like that. Man, moving and moving. <laughs> Wakes up, she looks like an Egyptian mummy. <laughs> Wrapped up in her blankets. Now, you mentioned getting up, waking up, sitting up. A lot of folks, when they just pop up out of bed, get dizzy. Yeah, because of blood pressure. Absolutely. So we we talk to everybody about that. We find out what medications there are. We try to help them person by person in this class. Makes a big difference. It does. It does. Well, the numbers are staggering, and uh, doctors are taking a cuss. They're going to talk about it in just a moment. But to give you a preview, in the U.S. every year, Peaches Hall... One out of three older people falls, fewer than half tell their doctor they fell. Yeah. And how many times do people fall and then it makes them uncomfortable and then they don't start going to the store anymore or they don't go to the movie theater because it's dark and they're afraid. They don't do, they stop their life. If you've fallen once, you're liable to fall again. Unbelievably true. That's what the odds show. The other thing is one out of five falls causes a serious injury. Mm Mm-hmm. And some can lead to death. Yeah, like a, just a fractured hip. Can you just imagine? amazing to yeah. me. When you think about, mm-hmm. uh, and as we age, some of our bones become more brittle. Mm-hmm. We talk about that in class. At least 250,000 older people are hospitalized every year from hip fractures, according to the Centers yeah. for Disease Control. 95% of hip fractures are caused by what? Falling. Falling. And usually by falling sideways. So my mother-in-law, who fell flat on her face, was lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Lucky. Oh, yeah. Gone sideways, she could have broken a hip, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Well, falling is not fun. No. And I can tell you, when I fell that day on the Riverwalk and knocked those four chairs in the river, I'm, having said this, I'm going to get a bill now <laughs> from the city of San Antonio for chair replacement. That's got to be coming, right? That's right. Wow. Well, you want to stay tuned right now because we're going to be talking about, uh, from the UT Health Science Center, physical therapy and ways in which you can lift safely, stand safely, balance safely, all that coming your way. Live longer. And live longer on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Peaches Hall, Carol Zerniel on special assignment. Where do you hear us? Right here, 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Those of us who are eligible for Medicare know all too well it's difficult and confusing to navigate the maze of rules and regulations. But now there's good news. The Medicare Information Centers brought to you by WellMed provide all the information Medicare-eligible people may need on Medicare and Medicare Advantage health plan options, preventive health care, health topics, government-sponsored Medicare savings programs, and a whole lot more. And there's no cost for the service. The Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are your one-stop, go-to resource for everything you need to know about Medicare and various other resources. Remember, open enrollment begins October 15th and continues through December 7th. Hey, don't do it alone. If you don't understand something, ask for help. It's available at no cost. Call 877-813-3134 for more information about open enrollment and for your appointment at one of seven Medicare Information Centers in San Antonio, 877-813-3134. And with open enrollment now underway, you want to get all the information that you can get at absolutely no cost. And our folks at the San Antonio Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are there right now. Yes, right now, to take your calls, 877-813-3134, 877-813-3134. The call is free. The advice is free. Well, we are so pleased you have stuck with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Along with Peaches Hall, who is pinch-hitting for Carol Zerniel today, as we were uh, indicating at the beginning of the program, we've got a couple of experts joining us, Dr. Martha Costa and Dr. Catherine Ortega from the UT Health Science Center. And the numbers are staggering. The numbers of seniors, predominantly, who are injured by falls across this country. How many seniors suffer literally life-threatening problems uh, as a result of falling? And the odds are, if you've fallen once, you'll fall again. Uh, we have talked about falls before, and uh, you really can't talk about them enough. So thank you very much to uh, Drs. Ortega and uh, Acosta. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. I'll tell you a little story. Uh, my mother-in-law... Uh, comes over to the house. My wife and I have little kids, got two little two-year-old twin boys and a four-year-old girl. And she walks in the house the other day, and her face is covered with bruises, as if she went 10 rounds with Jesse James Leha. And I said, uh, uh, yo, Virginia, what happened? What do you think the answer was? I fell. She fell. Right. Right. She fell. Uh, and ha- having done a lot of shows on falling, uh, I said, well, you know, if you've fallen once, right. you'll fall again. Right. Uh, and, and she downplayed it, didn't want to talk about it. Uh, but it is a huge problem, is it not? Yes, it is. 
Now, how do the two of you get into it? And we'll give your background in just a moment, but both of you have extensive experience uh, in dealing with physical therapy and, and uh, educating students on these kinds of issues. Let me reach across the room. We're in a studio where we are separated, but we can all see each other. Uh, so let me ask Dr. Acosta, uh, what is it about falling and seniors? Well, this is uh, Dr. Tega and I may the endowed chair, the Bernice Costello Endowed Chair for Geriatric Science in the School of Health Professions. And in dealing with um, elders, especially in, in the home health care environment, what we do find is that it's very important to educate them with regard to risk and safety in the home. And the caregiver many times is the one primarily responsible for that safety, even though the, it's the patient, the client's home, the caregiver a lot of time assumes some of that responsibility. And I'm surprised that your uh, mother-in-law, your family member, admitted to falling because my dad would never have admitted to falling. Oh, that's interesting. He would have said, oh, you know, somebody, you know, just hit me with the door or, you know, these sorts of things. Sometimes people don't want to admit that they've actually fallen because then it demotes a, denotes a loss of strength or a loss of uh, their ability. And very often, Peaches, who runs uh, the, the senior center of, Andreas Griffin Senior Center over next to Ingram Mall on 410. Uh, you've seen lots of seniors who have come in with bruises, and uh, you know what it is, we, we uh, unless it's family violence. Yeah, exactly. But we know when it's a fall, and luckily we do have a matter of balance uh, class that we teach, and we're just getting ready to start another one. It's a 10-week series, uh, two hours every Tuesday, and it's very helpful to to educate the the senior and sometimes their families come along with this too to find out, you know, where these falls are coming from and where they may be starting. And, and I wanted to uh, jump on, on something that Dr. Acosta said because very often uh, the, the caregiver is living in their own home. So they're caring for their spouse, they're caring for their mom, they're caring for their dad. So they're all in the environment together and more and more caregivers are seniors as well. So you have a situation where whatever help you can bro- provide in a home uh, to uh, fall-proof it to the extent you can, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, it's better for everyone. Uh, let's get to that whole question of balance and, and what it is uh, that happens to people as they age. Dr. Ortega? Okay. I'm Dr. Acosta. Uh, Dr. Acosta, I'm sorry. Yes. I'm looking at one calling one the other name. That's all right. Um, well, sorry about that. Well, basically, we have intact balance systems throughout our lives. However, as we get older, that does tend to deteriorate. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So what happens very often with a fall is that if someone falls, they become fearful of falling. So they're a little bit more tentative in how they walk from point A to point B. And as Dr. Ortega was saying, sometimes they won't even admit that because, oh my gosh, that means I'm old and we don't want to admit that. So they continue and then it sets up a spiral downward or downward spiral that they are becoming more prone to falling a second time. And not always are, are you injured, but you can be very seriously injured. Yes, absolutely. Broken hips, broken arms, broken legs, right? Correct, correct. And I, sometimes you end up in the hospital, and sometimes you end up, as a result, with death, unfortunately. Well, a huge number, uh, I'm told, of seniors who fall and break their hip and go to the hospital if you're 65 and over, uh, you know, you don't come out of there alive. Right. 
And I think Dr. Ortega has some statistics on that. I, scare us. Well, not, not to scare you. I, I was going to throw in that typically with balance, we think of it as this one single entity. But in actuality, balance is multifactorial. It's a, it's a multi-system sort of entity so that individuals to maintain balance are using muscular strength. They're using uh, visual cues. They're um, at times using um, other senses like auditory cues. But that whole vestibular system that is part of the, the um, ear canal as well as the brain interaction, all of those systems over time tend to deteriorate somewhat. And then if you have individuals that are taking multiple medications, some of those medications begin to impact some of those sensory systems. So even though we think of balance as this one big entity, there's so many factors that go into that that can place our elders at risk. So where does physical therapy come in and how does that play a role? As physical therapists, what we can do is evaluate the person who has fallen and look at all the different systems that Dr. Ortega has just addressed because you have to be able to single out where the problem is originating from to be able to address it. And once we do the thorough assessment and figure out exactly which system is not working properly, then we have interventions where we go in and actually do exercises or we have different activities that they can perform. Uh, we can do some muscle strengthening, and all of those things will focus on whatever areas are the problem. And it does help, and the research has shown that the, the interventions for balance are really, really effective. Now, I know there's a weakness in, in Texas state law. Uh, you can't just go to a physical therapist on your own and get treatment. You have to be referred by a physician, which, of course, drives the cost up to the uh, consumer. It's okay. stupid. It should be changed. Correct. We agree. But you can evaluate without a physician's referral. Yes, you can. And that's important to know because, uh, and I don't mean to drag you into a political issue, but I'm glad <laughs> you agree. I, I wrote an article about uh, about that issue yeah. for uh, Real Magazine recently. And, mm-hmm. and part of the challenge uh, is uh, folks who need the kind of help you're talking about uh, don't always have the kind of income and insurance that will provide for that help. Exactly. Yes. How did you become a physical therapist and why did the two of you do that? Um, I have always been interested in doing something related to the medical field. And I got into physical therapy. It was sort of new at the time, supposedly, um, and really, really, really loved it the more I got into it. The more I did it, the more I realized, oh, yes, this was definitely something I wanted to do. And over the years, I've always enjoyed working with the older population. So eventually I went back to uh, get my board certification and became a geriatric specialist and still thoroughly enjoy working with older adults. Yeah. And you... You know, my story is, I think, somewhat similar to a lot of, and I'll call them kids, even though the students that come in are already in their 20s. Kids these days, um, you know, played sports, got injured, was interested, um, as Dr. Costa says, doing something with medicine, but something with movement as well. So my background has been sports medicine and active populations. I've worked with professional sport and with the um, International Olympic Committee, but then also realizing that people are staying more active even as they get older. So we have a lot of um, elders who are actually elite athletes. Now, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, brought to you by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. I'm Ron Aaron. Along with our pinch-hitting co-host today, Peaches Hall, who is sitting in for Carol Zerniel, and you're listening to Dr. Martha Costa and Dr. Catherine Ortega uh, from the UT Health Science Center uh, talking about the role that physical therapy can play in helping seniors. And uh, as you think about the growing population of seniors uh, and the needs that are there, uh, balance falling uh, is a huge issue. 
Yes, it is. In a lot of different ways. It's amazing because it can be as simple as somebody's tripping over their dog. So we (laughs) now tell them, we'll kennel this dog at night and you'll be a little safer. But then in the same vein, you find out that maybe there's some muscle structure that needs to be worked on. And so we're increasing that because we're able to have them in a weight program. You know, it's interesting you mentioned pets. Uh, Can you walk through, uh, uh, Dr. Ortega, what it takes uh, to fall-proof a home? Well, so some of the big things that we recommend is for individuals to pick up those small carpets, those loose carpets that are around. They look so pretty, but um, they have the fringes on them and they just slide right under your feet. That is a huge risk factor. Cords. I know my mother still has the phone cord that goes across the room. So having to, you know, pick those up and, you know, have wireless devices if that's available. She's the last American with a hardwired phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, lighting. You know, as we talked earlier, balance is multifactorial and multisensory. So having good lighting in the house um, is not only safety for the, for the elder, but for the caregiver as well. And, and do we know, uh, Dr. Costa, when most falls happen. I'm thinking, for example, uh, some of us, I, I plead guilty to being 73, I'll occasionally, like every night, wake up <laughs> in the middle of the night and toddle off to go pee-pee, and the room is dark, yes. right? Yes. Uh, do most falls happen at night? Yes, that's oh. exactly correct. Okay. And that, that's one of the reasons that we will tell clients, you know, you really can invest in the little night lights. They won't run up your electric bill. They're really not that expensive, and they're so well worth it. And In fact, helps. they make them now with LED lights that mm-hmm. uh, cost you like nothing to run. Exactly. Exactly. So, Ron, can I go ahead and scare you with some of these numbers now from the CDC? No, we're going to change topics. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, one out of three people falls each year, but less than half tell their doctor. Falling once more than doubles your chances of falling again. Adjusting for inflation, the direct medical costs for fall injuries are $34 billion annually, and hospital costs account for two-thirds of the total. Wow. Stick with us just a minute. We're talking about how physical therapy and help that's available uh, can perhaps reduce your risk of falling. What you want to do is not fall. Uh, But if you have fallen, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about how to minimize that risk. I'm Ron Aaron. Peaches Hall filling in for Carol Zernial. Delighted to have Peaches on board. And we're talking with Drs. Ortega and uh, Acosta, both from the UT Health Science Center. We're delighted to have them both here. I'm Ron Aaron on 930 AM, The Answer. We are so pleased you have joined us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Peaches Hall, who is filling in for Carol Zerniel. Peaches is the director of the Senior Center, Doris Griffin Senior Center, over on Loop 410 at Ingram Mall. Uh, we're joined by two experts on physical therapy and the risks that we seniors may run when it comes to falls and other injuries. Uh, Dr. Martha Costa and Dr. Catherine Ortega are with us, uh, and both of them are at the uh, UT Health Science Center, and they uh, have an opportunity for you to get a screening. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but, but I want to come back first to uh, 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 Dr. Ortega, you were talking about uh, the downside of falling and the cost uh, to society. Uh, And we'd mentioned briefly, uh, when Dr. Costa mentioned uh, how dangerous it can be to break your hip and suffer other injuries, uh, people who fall, I I was surprised to hear you say, don't want to tell anybody. And it's embarrassment, shame. Uh, Yes, it's difficult for people to admit that they have maybe a weakness or maybe some confusion because they're not superhuman 
Exactly. And that's, um, you know, part of that aging process that is difficult for us to, to accept. My mother-in-law, who I mentioned, uh, uh, faces covered with bruises, admitted she had fallen. Uh, and then I said, well, what happened? Thinking it was a throw rug or something. And she said, oh, it was that neuropathy thing. Well, she'd never mentioned that she has peripheral neuropathy, which would be uh, lack of sensation and feeling uh, in her extremities, which I gather can be a cause. Right, and, and that's a um, side effect of diabetes mellitus. As you know, that's pretty much an epidemic here in this part of Texas and across the country. So it's not uncommon for not just an elder person but a middle-aged person to have the neuropathy that comes with diabetes mellitus. And, and when you have the neuropathy, uh, Dr. Ortega, uh, Dr. Costa. Yes, Correct. Ortega Acosta. Gotcha. You got it. All right. Left to right. When you have peripheral neuropathy and feeling, you put your foot down. You don't know you've hit the floor, right? I mean, exactly. you don't know where the floor is. Exactly. You well, get, that's got to be awful. It is. You get incorrect information, so it doesn't get processed correctly, which means your next step may or may not be in the right place. And if it's not, then it throws you off balance, and that's how it, people end up falling. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and what can you do about that? Well, we do notice that elders um, begin to develop compensatory factors. I think about... Um, Coping skills. Yes, and they use other senses. We call it my mother's salsa move, you know, where she ends up taking a lot of smaller steps, one forward, one back, you know, to get that, that balance. So they tend to use a wider base of support. And then really where physical therapy can come in is trying to do some of the screening for these individuals uh, to get them to use an assistive device or to, to begin to do just basic exercise strengthening, which could also help to increase uh, lower extremity strength. So an assistive device, maybe a walker? An, yes, or a single point cane, something that will kind of contribute to their balance as well. Single point cane would imply there are other kinds of canes. Yes, there's a, there's a four-point cane, and it's typically used with people that have had a stroke. They oh. tend to have a, a bit more uh, balance to them. Huh. They, they can. But, again, it's like people not wanting to admit that they've fallen. People don't want to admit that they need a cane or an assistive device. Now, you mentioned off-air that you've got a free screening coming up at the Health Science Center. Tell me about that. Well, what we have done is incorporate into our courses um, health fairs that our students actually participate in. They actually manage them. And in Dr. Costa's course, actually in the spring, it's development across the lifespan. We go to the Senior Center Community 2, District 2, and do a screening there in April. Is it not, Dr. Costa? Yes, in April. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. We take uh, the third-year students, and we have them set up at different stations, and we do different types of screenings. So we'll do things like the balance screening. We'll talk to them about nutrition. Uh, we'll talk to them about general fitness. Uh, we'll talk to them about home safety, uh, footwear, and so forth. So it gives the students an opportunity to practice their skills under supervision, and it gives the participants an opportunity to get free screenings in several different areas. And at the Senior Center, Peaches, uh, uh, have you taken steps to fall-proof the center? We're, we're in pretty good shape there, um, and there's a lot of eyes there and a lot of assistance. I see it mostly at home uh, when they're very comfortable and they don't remember. You know, new eyes would see something, so if their family came through and kind of helped do a walkthrough sometimes, but they're very comfortable at home, and so that's usually where they're going to fall. And folks who've come in who have fallen, are you able then to direct them to the, get the kind of screening that may help them? Yes, uh -huh. We actually refer them to the Matter of Balance program. 
that's very beneficial to them. In fact, you've got a matter of balance class starting on November 10th? We do. We do. Uh-huh. Tell us about that. It's great. It's a ten, it's a eight-week course, uh, two hours uh, every Tuesday, and we go through everything that the doctors are talking about now. Um, you know, it's not one thing that's making them fall. It's several things. And if it's not several things now, it's going to be several things. So we make it so that they understand it, they see it, they feel it, and they get to a point where they're shuffling now because they're afraid they're going to fall. And if we can get that stronger so that they're walking better um, and they have a little more confidence and then they kind of see what the reasoning is, then a a lot of it comes better clear. Now, there's so much that the two of you do at the Health Science Center. Uh, Let me start with Dr. Ortega. The things that we haven't covered yet that you'd like to touch on in terms of where physical therapy can play a role in helping seniors and caregivers. Well, one of the points that we really wanted to make is that a very common musculoskeletal problem is low back pain. 90 to 95% of the population is going to have low back pain in their lifetime. And so it's very important for the caregiver to be careful when they're trying to actually lift or help to transfer the person that they're caring for because they're at really high risk to um, have you know, musculoskeletal uh, low back pain strain themselves while doing that activity. In fact, there was a, a story in the New York Times not too long ago about uh, nurses who, who had asked for uh, assistive devices to help lift and move patients because many were, were discovering they were just knocked out with lower back pain. Sure, and, and that was one of the things actually that Dr. Costa and I were talking about earlier today is, you know, that hospital bed or that Oyer lift is sometimes really necessary in the home, and sometimes people can't afford that. And I'll just do a shout out there to Project Mend, that is an association that provides durable medical equipment for individuals that might need that. And they have been a recipient uh, from the Wellmark Charitable Foundation of grants over the last several years. They do a great job at Project Mend. And again, if you need a, a hospital device from a wheelchair to a hospital bed uh, to something as uh, simple as a cane uh, and a walker, Project Men probably has it. And it's all refurbished. All of it is uh, uh, sanitized, and it's available for your use. And, and the other thing with the Hoyers, because I love them. Hoyer being a lift. Mm-hmm, many times the caregiver shortcuts doesn't want to use them because they're a little more difficult um so it's training those caregivers the appropriate way to use them and that how valuable that they are towards the for the for the person they're using them on and dr costa you've done some work and looked at uh things that can be done for caregivers absolutely what do Um, you have well one thing that we look at is taking care of the caregiver because if they're going to be working in this particular position or in this job and helping most likely unpaid by the way true true and very often the person that they're caring for weighs more than they do and they're having to either assist or sometimes lift this person then it's really important that they understand their body mechanics that they're doing the lift properly so they don't injure their backs and even if they do it properly sometimes with repetitive um, mechanisms over and over they'll end up hurting their backs and then then what then they have to go to plan B. So we look at making sure that they know how to take care of themselves with the proper lifts, uh, making sure that they encourage the person they're taking care of to help them as much as possible. So for example, if they're getting them out of the bed and moving them into the wheelchair, transferring, transferring, then we want them to encourage that person to do as much as they can. 
We also want them to encourage that person to move in bed if it's someone who is immobile most of the day. And by encouraging them to do that, then number one, they can relieve pressure so they don't get bed sores. And they can also be encouraged to help with the transfer when they actually have to get them maybe to the bathroom. For, for the caregiver, those challenges can be enormous. Yes, they are, physically and mentally. And do you have classes that will help teach folks how to do those things? How to lift, how to move, how to transfer? Well, we teach our students in the program how to do that, so they're experts in, in that particular way. And also, we do have some programs that we do out in the community. So, for example, I've done some through uh, Morningside Ministries and some of the other organizations in town where we literally have taught the caregivers how to do the transfers and how to be safe with moving folks in and out of bed. They do a great job at Morningside Ministries. My friend Beth Keel works over there, and they, they really do a great job. Yeah, they do. As you think about uh, this aging population, uh, looking at uh, Dr. Ortega, as uh, these 10,000 baby boomers a day turn 65 and age through, uh, the need for the kind of services that you provide uh, for physical therapy Man, it's unlimited. We need more physical therapists. Well, that that's exactly right. The projections for this um, need is really astounding. And this is not just for physical therapy, but for other rehab professions as well. But that's why, that's why we're in business, educating future physical therapists. And they're going to be needed for sure, especially with the Affordable Care Act. More and more people are going to have insurance and need these services. And yet the term geriatric physical therapist, how many are... I know in medical school, none of those doctors want to become geriatricians, right? They don't want to do that. Well, more and more, I think they're realizing that if they want to have a practice, they're going to have to because of the aging Good for baby you. boomers. Thank you. <laughs> and for physical therapists, are they choosing geriatrics? Yes, surprisingly enough, Dr. Costa is a member of the geriatric section, and she's actually the past chair of that section. And it used to be a very rare specialty, but now more and more becoming popular. Ron, if I could just mention one more thing. This, sure. This is PT Month, and we have a service. That's Physical for the, Therapy Month. Physical Therapy Month, and we have a service for the community where people can call in for free advice on uh, over the noon hour on Wednesdays and Thursdays. The number is 210-567-8750. On radio, you get to give the number twice. So that's 210-567-8750. Wednesdays and Thursdays through the month of October. Call if you need any tips for caregiver health or wellness and prevention. And no salesman will call, right? <laughs> right. As you think about the career the two of you have chosen, would you redo it? Are you happy with what you're doing? I'm thoroughly happy. I have no qualms about what I've chosen. I love it. And Dr. Ortega. Likewise, physical therapy is a varied profession, and I feel like we can deal with so many different populations. I want to die driving to the office. <laughs> oh, gosh. Think, I'm staying yeah. off the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you mean is you want to die with your boots on, right? <laughs> right. That's interesting. And again, for folks who are interested in a career in physical therapy, UTL Science Center offers a program. Uh, and I'm sure you just go to the website and you get information on that, right? Yes, that's true. Our web pages are there. We also have a Facebook page, Physical Therapy Department, University of Texas Health Science Center, San Antonio. See, of course you do. Five years ago, you didn't have a Facebook page, right? No, actually, our students really pushed us to the, do that. So uh, thanks uh, to yeah. our students. I'm sure they <laughs> did. True. Well, I thank you both for coming in. Yes. This has really been fascinating. And it's something that mm -hmm. uh, we ought to talk more about. And the numbers, again, folks, one out of three older people falls every year, fewer than half percent tell their doctors.
crazy. Yes. Peaches Hall, thank you. We're going to go to take 10 up next right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. You hear us at 930 a.m., The Answer. Those of us who are eligible for Medicare know all too well it's difficult and confusing to navigate the maze of rules and regulations. But now there's good news. The Medicare Information Centers brought to you by WellMed provide all the information Medicare-eligible people may need on Medicare and Medicare Advantage health plan options, preventive health care, health topics, government-sponsored Medicare savings programs, and a whole lot more. And there's no cost for the service. The Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are your one-stop, go-to resource for everything you need to know about Medicare and various other resources. Remember, open enrollment begins October 15th and continues through December 7th. Hey, don't do it alone. If you don't understand something, ask for help. It's available at no cost. Call 877-813-3134 for more information about open enrollment and for your appointment at one of seven Medicare Information Centers in San Antonio, 877-813-3134. And with open enrollment now underway, you want to get all the information that you can get at absolutely no cost. And our folks at the San Antonio Medicare Information Centers by WellMed are there right now. Yes, right now, to take your calls, 877-813-3134, 877-813-3134. The call is free. The advice is free. Thank you so much for joining us for Take 10. We follow each of our Caregiver SOS programs with a look at an interesting topic and a challenge for caregivers and families everywhere. I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zerniel is on special assignment. Peaches Hall is filling in for her. And Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known expert on addictions and uh, dealing with caregivers, joins us as he does for each of our Take 10s. And Dr. Jamie, you threw out an interesting topic as we talked about what you wanted to discuss. Uh, It's looking at caregiving. How do we as caregivers live our lives with dignity? And why is that an issue? You know, I'm sure Peaches and you can both verify this, both from a personal and professional front. But being a caregiver, if you're not prepared, meaning if you're not taking care of yourself, mind, body, and soul, you're overwhelmed. Uh, and not educated properly on the disease or on on how to actually deal with that disease, or you're not empowered, you're going to feel pretty beaten down. Uh, You're literally going to be a victim to the entire process. And as I've seen over the entire country, wherever I've spoken, um, I see that dignity is a huge issue in, in the audiences. How do I remain a caregiver? And how do I keep my dignity at the same time? And so I think for that reason, it's an important topic for us to discuss. Peaches, what do you see? Um, you know, I think being a caregiver is about as honorable of work as you can have. But I also believe that admitting that it is not what you can do and you're not capable of it, there is so much more honor in that. And I agree. There's a great humility in what Peaches just said is that you know, if you can't do it or if you don't want to do it, mm. you know, choice is, is really important here. Then you will call a group like the Area Agency on Aging or go to eldercare.gov or you'll go and find a support group and ask for answers of who can possibly take your place or you'll talk to family members, whether they're long distance or close by, and you'll come up ultimately with this 
particular decision. Mm-hmm. When you look at the uh, numbers of caregivers uh, across this country, Jamie, as we uh, age, and I actually uh, saw in a national report the other day a term that you often use, the uh, uh, gray tsunami. The numbers are huge, 10,000 people turning 65 every day across this country. The need for caregivers is huge, but the numbers of caregivers will be dwindling. So true. So true. And that's why, obviously, there uh, seems to be a gold rush, if you will, on Wall Street to, to fund uh, senior programs or caregiver programs. And I say senior programs, but, you know, actually, this is a boomer issue statistic you just quoted. These right. Are boomers that are turning 10,000 a day. Exactly. Uh, so they may never call themselves actually seniors. But I can tell you this. The bottom line is, and this comes from psychology. Uh, Dr. Eric Erickson said that at the end of our lives, when we look back, it doesn't have a lot to do with money or how many toys we have. It's whether we lived our lives with integrity or whether we lived our lives with despair. And that would be the question at the end of the, of the road, which is like last week's topic, that we probably would ask ourselves. And so for a caregiver to live their lives with integrity, I believe the definition of integrity is to live a value-based life. So there are new values out there that, that would help caregivers as a guide uh, if you want to find that dignity and find that integrity. Values like? Values like this. The University of Toronto came out in the late 90s uh, of a whole new way of looking at growing older. And they said the three values that are most now really, uh, if you will, identifiable with our boomer slash senior population is uh, being, first one, which is your mental health, your medical health, your spiritual health, being. The second is becoming, uh, which is, I mean, which is what will I do with this? When I'm, because most businesses are actually being started at 65 years old and older. We're living... Uh, so much longer. And the other is belonging, which is how do we actually create a community, a family of choice, not necessarily a family of origin, but a community around us that we can identify with and not be isolated. So it's really about being, becoming, and belonging. And those are three values that would create the integrity to live a life of dignity. How's that? I heard a phrase the other day. I think that's pretty good. A, a, A fellow I know who's in his 40s, Uh, who was in the foster care system forever and ever and ever. Uh, And finally, uh, a couple of folks uh, became uh, true parents, true caregivers, and he calls them my parents of choice. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's a nice designation. You know, we we cannot. God love our family of origin, but we all know, and Peaches will probably be the first person to tell you since she runs the senior center, is that our families of origin are not necessarily the fallback <laughs> position on creating that community of support for us. Yeah, it, it is mostly the family of choice. It might not be your caregiver of choice, but it's what you got. So. And what did you see at the memory uh, units that you were running? Were there families of origin who came to visit? Yeah, um, you know, you see everything across the board, and th- it was hard for people to place their f- their loved one to begin with. But my thing was always to say to them, you as a wife, for example, have become his caregiver. That was not what was intended in your marriage. You, so by placing him somewhere where they're getting the care or having some help to come in, you get to go back to being the wife again. 
And that is, I think, so important at the, at the end of life is that you feel that again, that correct role. So sometimes you need to get the help to do that. And in our, go ahead, Jimmy. That goes back to our conversations we have week in and week out. Of I think the most important thing a caregiver can do to live a a life of dignity, Mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest with you, is yes, to take care of yourself. I mean, taking Mm -hmm. your oxygen first is number one. Mm -hmm. But if I stay the close, second is is to find a support group. Yes. Because I believe that in that support group, a you'll find answers, but. The features point to what we're talking about here. I think you're going to find a family of choice, people who understand the road that you're going down, mm-hmm. and people who can support you best. And those support groups uh, are, are available uh, through folks you know. Ask about it. If you go to caregiversos.org, you can get information. Uh, are, are support groups necessarily run by qualified counselors? You know, uh, I'm sure Peaches can tell you, but I will tell you the greatest support group in the entire country that I can look at is called Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> right. And frankly, Alcoholics Anonymous is, is, is definitely run by the community, and there is no facilitator. However, it, whether you have a facilitator or not, it's the group experience that really is the belonging part. And don't you find that so- sometimes, Doctor, that s- some of the people that go to the support group, what keeps them away from it... It is the very reason they should be. They feel that now they're going to a support group, so they must have failed. You know, I, I believe that when they sit long enough, bear witness long enough, yeah. either they hate the first time or the, second time, but they're going to yeah. hear what they need to hear. Absolutely. Also gonna be, there's a beauty. Uh, it's a terrible expression that mm-hmm. we always have in our language, that misery loves company. But frankly <laughs> speaking... That company around you eventually mm-hmm. will resonate with you. Yes. And I, I believe that the, you not only will learn how to be educated and empowered yourself, but mm-hmm. I think you get energized by having people around I you. I agree. Who get what your life story is and who can help you. And, and it's so, it, there's such a comfort and a relief when they come in and they know they're not alone. But getting that first step out, I, I always try to let you know it's not because you're failed to coming. You're just coming for more support. You know, Peter's is so right. Isolation, you've heard me say this week in and week out, Ron, is, is the cancer of the caregiver's soul. And really, staring at a screen or a monitor is fine if it gets you out the door. But just like Peter said, the most beautiful thing is to be in the energy of other people who understand you and where you're at in your journey. Uh, and it's not only caregivers, then, who uh, we're suggesting ought to live their lives with dignity. It's all of us. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. And the beautiful thing about the University of Toronto's work, uh, Ron, was it wasn't engaged only for caregivers. It was really engaged at the new senior, or the boomers and senior population. Since we're living longer, and uh, it's so critical for us, especially as caregivers, is to look after our medical health, our, our mental health, and our spiritual health, and be connected to others, and then have some aspirations about the future. This isn't just caregiver-specific. This is strictly, you know, this is population-specific. And I think the one thing they find out, just like the people who have dementia feel like they have no choice, when the caregivers come to a support group, again, they find a choice. And uh, that's freeing. That's liberating to know there are choices for them. we got about 20 seconds. Jamie, you get the last word. Well, I agree with where teachers are coming from. And I would say that the choice, is obviously, to become a caregiver is not ours, of course. It comes to us often by surprise. 
But preparing for that caregiver role is a choice. And to take care of your mind, your body, your spirit now, whether you are a caregiver or before you become a caregiver and have it in the bank so you're ready, that's the, the best way to go. Got to stop you right there. We thank you, Dr. Jamie Heisman, for Carol Zerniel, who is on special assignment, Peaches Hall, who is here. I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you soon on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this radio program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel, for another edition of Caregiver SOS On Air on 930 AM, The Answer.